This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Welcome all of you to Fellowship Church, of course, and we're especially glad to see all the people that are visiting with us and join us online. God bless you, and uh, we appreciate the fact that you can be with us. Praise God. So did the youth get dismissed? I'm supposed to do that. Sometimes I forget to do that. If you're a young person, you're supposed to leave, okay? So anyway, however that works for you. Praise God. Y'all have a good week. Glory to God. Did you know that Jesus is coming again? Hey, I want to read something to you. I mean, I tell you what, this is good. Uh, you say, well, what are you going to read? The Bible. Yeah, that's good. This is something that John said. He said uh, that he was given the responsibility to make a record. And then in verse 3 of Revelations, he said, Blessed is he that reads, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein. For the time is at hand. Everybody say, yes, it is. Yes, John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be to you and peace from him, which is, which was, and which is to come. Woo! And from the seven spirits which are before his throne. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth. Unto him that loved us and washed us from our own sins in his own blood. And he has made us kings and priests unto our God, hallelujah, and his Father. To him, King Jesus, be glory and dominion forever and ever. Behold, he comes with the clouds, with clouds, and every eye will see him. And they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him, even so, amen. You know, when Jesus appears for the first, I mean, second time, I guess you would say, there's going to be some frightening wails going on. Because every knee is going to bow to him. All of the things that you see going on in the world today, uh, princes and kings and people, positioning themselves and trying to control all of it will be brought to nothing. Hallelujah. He said, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, saith the Lord, which is, which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. Then he goes and starts talking about, you ought to read the book of Revelation. It probably bless you. Blesses anybody who reads it. He said, you'll be blessed if you read it. You say, yeah, but I don't understand it. That's all right, read it anyway. <laughs> Time or two wouldn't hurt you at all anyway. You know, in chapter 7, I want to read this to you too. Are you okay with it? This is uh, the appetizer. We're having uh, stuffed mushrooms this morning for, for a lot of cream cheese and a lot of cheese over the top. Can't go wrong, right? Are you smelling what I'm stepping in? Come on. Chapter 7. There's no place really to break in on this uh, real good. Hallelujah. Saying, Amen. (laughs) Verse 12. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. And one of the elders answered and said to me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes, and whence came they? 
And I said to him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, These are they which came out of, the great, trib- out of great tribulation and have watch- washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. And therefore they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he that sits on the throne shall dwell among them. And they shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb, which is in the midst of the throne, shall feed them, and shall lead them unto living fountains of water, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Oh, what a glorious thing awaits us, church. For all that we deal with, for all of the heaviness and the weight of this world, there is a hope that God has given to us that no man can take away. Hallelujah. So it becomes imperative that the church keep her eyes on the right thing. Are you listening to me? Glory to God, he's coming again. Amen. You know, the writer in the book of Hebrews says it's nearer now than when we first believed. Well, that was written a couple thousand years ago. So if it was close then, (laughs) where does that leave us? He's nearer. Woo, glory to God. Behold, I come quickly. And he is the judge of all the earth. He's reserved judgment for himself. So guess what? You and I don't have to judge anybody. Yeah, but I want to. No, you don't. The Bible says, judge not lest you be. Yeah, you don't want to go there. Leave it up to him. Listen, he's going to take care of it. You say, yeah, but these people are so ungodly. They're so wicked. They're this, they're that, they're what. Yes, 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 and yes, and yes. But you know what? Praise God. Everyone is going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Amen. And before God. Amen. Yeah. All are going to give an account. So just be glad for the blood of Jesus. Are you listening to me? Hallelujah. And pray. You know, think about that. Jesus said, pray for those that despitefully use you. That's a lot of fun, isn't it? It's really your, char- your, your flesh gets such a charge out of praying for people that have taken advantage of you and misused you and abused you. Huh? But thank God, if you're going to be led by the Spirit of God, not your flesh, and praise God, you'll do just that. You'll be able to say with the rest, Father, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. You know, a lot of these folks doing driven by the devil, they don't even know what they're doing. They think that they're doing right. The Apostle Paul was killing the church, literally murdering people, sentencing them to death, and he thought what he was doing was God's work until he had an encounter (laughs) with Jesus. Who are you, Lord? He said, I am Jesus, who you persecute. Now, he wasn't persecuting Jesus personally. He was persecuting the church. And Jesus takes it personally, doesn't he? Hallelujah. So, you know, when people speak disparagingly of you, or, you know, whatever the case might be, you just need to know you're not the first and you won't be the last. But thank God, Jesus, in his great love wherewith he loved us, in his mercy, praise God, forgave us, 
and gave us life so that we could live. Hallelujah. So let's be the light of the world. Let's be the salt of the earth. This, by the way, is not the appetizer. What's the thing? This is not the main course. What, what's Salad. This is salad. <laughs> Whatever your preference of salad is, that's what this is. Amen. You know, we need to be about the Father's business. We need to be giving our attention to Him. Father, what is it that you would have us to do? What would you have me to do? Glory to God. Because we're living in those last days. Amen. It's great. I said it's great. Everybody say it is great. It's great. Amen. You say, why are you talking to us like this? Because you need it. Amen. You get out there in the world and you get all this crud crawling all over you and everything. Somebody's got to come knock it off. Are you listening to me? You know? Now, whether you realize it or not, you have no idea how much of a negative impact it can have on your life. Oh, no, I'm okay. Well, yeah, right, maybe. But you know, the Bible talks about when Lot lived in Sodom and Gomorrah, the Bible says he was daily vexed within his soul because of the lifestyle and the living and all of the things that he's seen in that deplorable place. Are you with me? So we're living in the world, but we're not of it. And there's a lot of negative things that we see and are witnessing and hearing and different things of that nature. And, you know, whether you, whether you realize it or not, it can take a toll on you. So what do you do? Praise God. You've got to retreat to the one you can rejoice in. Praise God. Because the joy of the Lord, it's your strength. Come on, preach it, Mary. Yeah, Amen. So you got to keep your joy. Jerry Savelle, he had a message years and years ago entitled, If the devil can't keep your joy or steal your joy, he can't keep your goods. And that's a good word. Amen. So you, you jack up your joy meter, boys and girls. Say, so how do I do that? Praise him. Worship him. Declare who he is. Hallelujah. He is the one with all authority. He is the one with all dominion. Don't you be worrying about nothing or whatever men are doing, because I tell you what, in five seconds, that whole thing can be over. Are you listening to me? Hallelujah. Woo! Glory to God. Well, did you all bring a Bible? Let's, okay, let's get to the main course here. Turn to Romans chapter 8. <clears throat> I had a message I wanted to share with you last week and got interrupted by the head of the church. <laughs> you know, so I thought, well, you know, we probably ought to do that. <laughs> Amen. I tell you, I'd rather hear from him than anything. Amen. But I, don't, I do want to talk to you about becoming Christ-like again this morning. Hallelujah. Why don't we just prepare our hearts to receive him? Did we pray already? I don't think so. I think I was just talking for a long time. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you, Jesus. So grateful, Father God, that you're in our lives. And that, God, you, you turned the light on for us to be able to see the reality of the Lord Jesus Christ and of you and your plan and what it is, Father, that you've ordained before the foundation of this world for your glory, Father, that you might be magnified in everything. It was your purpose. And God, we come together today, Father, to learn of you. Help us. May our hearts, Father, be open to your plan and purpose. God, may we hear what the Spirit of God is saying to us, to individually. 
And I just thank you, Father God, for utterance in the Holy Ghost. Help me, Father, to communicate those things that these, your people, need to hear. And we just, Father, we offer free course to you. And again, may the will of God be done on earth just like it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Becoming Christ-like, what do I mean by that? I'm talking about being like him in our speech, in our conduct, in our thoughts, our behaviors, the disposition that we have. You know, the Bible says that when the Pharisees and the rulers of the church seen the boldness of Peter and John, they knew that they were unlearned, uneducated men, but they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. In other words, the same characteristics of being bold to declare the word of God was resident within these men. These are the same people that denied him. These are the same men that cut and run when the Roman uh, soldiers came to get Jesus. But something happened between cutting and running and where they are today. And it's called the new birth. It's called being born again. It's called being filled with the Holy Ghost. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Power what? Power to witness. Power to declare. Power to tell the good news. Hallelujah. And so, you know, they were altered not because of their own doing, but because of the Spirit of God in them. Glory to God. You know, you could get altered too if you'd give yourself to him. Thanks for your excitement. You know, sometimes we let our carnal flesh and our reasoning mind dominate us. And we miss out on the blessing of God. And, you know, our spirit kind of gets held prisoner, you know, to these other two parts of our being. But thank God we're here today to change that, aren't we? Glory to God. Amen. So everything about us, you know, becomes a reflection of Him. And we were just talking in the membership class this morning about sanctification, you know, as one of the fundamental doctrines of the church. You know, we've got about 10 of them, don't have time to get into that today. But we we declare that sanctification is a definite and yet a progressive work in the life of a believer. So in other words, when you're justified and when you're saved or when you receive Christ, he sanctifies you unto himself. But you know, the process of sanctification still has to be worked out in people because I know some Christians, they don't act very sanctified sometimes. They may have a potty mouth. They may have, you know, different issues going on in their life. They maybe they're not telling the truth like they should. I'm talking about a believer. Come on now. But, you know, the Bible says that we're to put off the old man and put on the new one. You know, so anger and lying and all of those different characteristics that once dominated us, we are to lay aside or put down or refuse to allow them to control our life. Well, I just can't help it. Yeah, you can. You just don't want to. You like it. And what you need to do is repent. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Come on. Come on. Yeah, amen. Truth. Oh, how painful it can be sometimes. But you know what? Praise God. It yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness in those that exercise themselves in it. So in other words, what I'm saying is, is if you'll, you'll consent to the truth and ask God to help you to change, he'll do it for you. But if you don't, he won't. 
I'm telling you what, you know, God, he's just, you know, uh, he'll stand by and watch you suffer. You say, does he want you to suffer? No. But as long as you're going to behave like a nimrod, what, what, what can be done? He told us how to have life. He shared with us everything we need to know. He said that he has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Huh? Huh? He's given you everything. And it's through the knowledge of him that you and I learn all of that. So you can stop fighting in your house. You say, yeah, but we fight all the time. You know, it's just kind of what we do. Stop it. You say, why should we? Because it displeases him. That's why. The Bible says not to allow any corrupt communication to come out of your mouth, but rather that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister a grace to the hearers. I keep hearing this. I can't help it. I can't help it. That's a lie. You can help it. You don't want to. Woo! People don't want to. They got all kinds of issues. You know, Christians have issues. But Jesus wants to fix your messed up stuff. But you have to let him. You have to consent. And that's where, here we go again. Come on. You know? You, you, um. (laughs) Oh, boy. Here we go again. I thought I was just getting, you know, Mary. Yeah. Woo! Everybody say this together. I refuse refuse to blame others others for my problems. problems. People do it all the time. If they would just this, if they would do that, if they would do the other, whatever, you know. It's not my fault, it's their fault. Abdication of responsibility in the society and culture in which you live is rampant. Nobody wants to take responsibility for their actions. It's always somebody else's deal. And listen to me, if you're going to function within the kingdom of God, that's going to have to stop. And you're going to have to step up and be the man or the woman that God has called you to be, listen, and by the grace of God, if you will, he'll help you. But stop blaming everybody else for your problems. Woo! The pastoral side of ministry. Glory to God forevermore. Amen. You want to be free? I'm telling you how it can happen. You say, well, I don't like you very much right now. That's not unusual. It's not unusual for people not to love the pastor sometimes. I don't know where that came from, Jim. Yeah, you can put it back. Yeah, right, okay. I guess I will. Who is that, Tom? Jones. Yeah, no, I'll never be like that guy. Huh? Yeah, never mind. Let's just move on. Hallelujah. You know, he's coming again. Did you hear me? And, 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 And it's near. Let's get our house in order. Let's get our lives in order. 
Stop making excuses and all this and that and the other and whatever and, you know, trying to live our lives however we want to live them, man. He's coming again. And he wants to come, well, he's coming back for a glorious church. And he wants you to be a part of that. Amen? Everything gets tried by fire, so praise God we like to have something left when the fire business is done. Amen? So he wants us to be like him. He said, I've given you an example. He told his disciples after he'd washed their feet. In other words, he became a servant to them. In uh, Philippians chapter 2, it says, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, And being born in the likeness of men, he came to this earth-born existence. Now, you have to understand, you guys, listen to me, that when you you decide that you're going to take on the form of a servant, that you're going to experience being taken advantage of. You're, You're going to experience disappointment. These are things that just kind of go with the territory. But don't let that deter you. You know, wherever it is that this you know, service is being, you know, ministered to, you know, there's going to be all different kinds of ways in which people respond. I think about April McAlpine. She's over there ministering to the children. And she does it week after week after week after week. And she does it with joy. Are you listening to me? Phil Wagner sitting here, he did it for 35, 40 years. Not 40, but a long time. You know, maybe 40 not quite. It doesn't matter. But you know, him and her and many others like them, they're over there. And you know, these kids are not singing their praises. And I say, oh man, was that ever a powerful message? I mean, God, you know, I mean, my life has been changed forever. Are you listening to me? And a lot of times, maybe what the response would be would be anything but, but consolable or comforting, or encouraging, or anything else, but they kept doing it, and doing it, and doing it, and doing it, and doing it. Let me tell you, their reward is going to be great in heaven. So, you know, I mean, we have to, you have to understand that, you know. I mean, if you're ushering, or if you're serving as a greeter, or something, you know, maybe the response that you want from the person when you're excited to see them, when you're glad that they're here, and when you're encouraging them, and so on and so forth, and they go, well, you know, where's our coffee? You know? <laughs> it's not what it's about. It's about us serving within the kingdom with the love of God and His joy. Amen. Are you with me? Because someday, praise God, there's a reward coming. So, if we haven't, let's get busy. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. You know, um, let's let's find someplace else to land here. Glory to God. Would you turn uh, with me to... uh, uh, Have we read our text? Well, there you go. Let's do that. (laughs) Come on now. Amen. There we go. I knew there was a place I was supposed to be. All right, look. Romans chapter 8, verse 29. For whom, it's talking about uh, God, he did foreknow, he did predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. 
that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Another translation says that we might be made like to the pattern of his son. Another says that we were to share in the likeness of his son. And then finally, Knox translation says to be molded into the image of his son. Hallelujah. So the ultimate aim of our father is for you and I to be like Jesus. And it's possible only through the new birth. My wife and I, before we were married, uh, were childhood sweethearts, high school, I guess you could say. And uh, I, I say this often, you know, I'd pick her up and we'd be going out on a date and we'd talk to one another about being good. Let's just behave ourselves tonight. How about that? You know, why would you even think that way? Well, because, you know, inwardly I knew that we probably were doing things we shouldn't be doing. I know no, none of you ever did that. Okay. So I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about all the people that aren't here. <laughs> but you know, even in our best efforts, it only lasted about 30 minutes. Why? Because the Bible says that we are by nature sinners. It is the nature of man because of Adam's fall that you and I do what we do. And the only remedy for that is the surrender of your heart and life through repentance to Jesus Christ. And that's really true about everything in your life. It's not just salvation. You know, some people, they need to, they need to surrender their lives to him in other areas. Well, I ain't giving him that part of my life because that's mine. Well, no, the Bible says your life has been bought with a price. Everything about you belongs to him. And he purchased you with his blood. And I tell you what, he's going to take up about that whole issue and the price that he paid where your life is concerned. Are you with me? So we owe him everything, don't we? And I tell you what, it is the, it is the path to freedom. It's a pathway to joy. It's the pathway to, you know, whatever it is that may be missing in your life. But you notice in that scripture that <clears throat> it says, uh, if you look with me here again, he predestinated us, which means that it was predetermined by our heavenly father that we be like Jesus. Glory to God to take on his very nature and his character. And the first step to that, of course, is the miracle of salvation. You must be born again. You can't do it on your own. In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8, it says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift. Everybody say a gift. Yes, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. You're not getting into the kingdom because of your good works. Are you listening to me? You don't have that many anyway, so you're in trouble. <laughs> Hallelujah. It is by His grace that you are saved through faith. That not of yourselves, it is a gift. So you may have church membership, good for you. You may be baptized in water, good for you. But if you don't know Jesus Christ, if you haven't surrendered your heart to him, you're in no better shape than before you got baptized or became a member. Now, what's unfortunate about that is there are a lot of folk that are hanging their hats on that because that's what they've been told. Huh? And that's, just, I, that's what I was told. You know, you jump through the hoops. You know, you get confirmed. Well, after I got saved, I asked myself, confirmed into what? 
I want to end up in the kingdom of heaven where there's eternal life, not in a church. Okay, well, now you're one of us. <laughs> that might not be such a good thing. But thank God, His grace. Wow. So salvation is a gift, and it's available to everyone. Whoever will call on the name of the Lord can be saved. It's awesome. When you give Him all of your heart, all of your mind, and all of your life, you say, well, I can't do that. Yes, you can. Yeah, you can. Amen. I knew I needed to. You knew you needed to. Those of you that have been born again, I, you, we fight it. Well, you know, if I do that, then I can't do all this other dirt. Yeah, you're right. But here's the amazing thing about His grace. If you get saved, you won't want to. Amen. And then you can live for Him. Whoa, there's a highway to heaven. And nobody goes up there but the pure of heart. Want me to sing to you again? There's a highway to heaven. None can go up there but the pure at heart. There's a highway to heaven. Walking down the king's highway. Hallelujah. So what road are you on? Oh, this dirty parched kind of thing up here. You know, I'm trying to do the best I can. Why don't you get on the king's highway and he'll help you. He'll put a spring in your step. He'll cause you to be blessed. Glory to God. Glory to God. Isn't that right? I'm telling you what, there's nothing like living for Jesus. Amen. So, <clears throat> thank you, Lord. When God creates or recreates our spirit through the new birth, there's something you and I have to do with our minds and our bodies. We have to renew our minds and we have to control our bodies. God's not going to do that for you. He's recreated you as a new creation in Him. Now it's up to you to do something with your mind and your body. Turn with me to uh, Romans chapter 12. <clears throat> is it hot in here or is it just me? How many of you are cold? How many of you are hot? How many of you don't know what you are? You can't get in a group this size. I mean, it would be a miracle for everybody to be on the same page. Yeah, that's for sure. All right, Romans chapter 10 or 12. Notice what it says here. And, and I don't have time to back up into the 11th chapter here to uh, speak of context. But basically, Paul's talking about um, uh, the privilege of salvation. Because of the mercy of God, we as Gentiles have been brought into this opportunity to be born of the Spirit of God. Amen? Because, you know, Israel was God's chosen people. Are you with me? And still are, for that matter. But thank God Jesus came. Everybody say hallelujah. And he opened up the door for all of us to be able to be born of the Spirit of God and filled with the Holy Ghost and have heaven as our home. So in that context then, Paul's writing... You know, in chapter 12, he says, I beseech you then, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, hallelujah, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable or your rational service. In other words, if you're smart, you'll realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, and you're to glorify God in that body. 
Are you with me? Woo! Notice in verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and that acceptable and that perfect will of God. Hallelujah. How many of you know there's the good, the, the, the acceptable, and the perfect will of God? How many of you want to be in the perfect? Amen. You know, the good will of God's great, but the perfect's better. And that ought to be our ambition. Another translation, this is Philip's translation, I love this. It says, don't let the world around you squeeze you into its mold. Why do people behave the way they do? Why do they go out there on the streets and riot? Because the world around them has squeezed them into its mold and told them lies about whatever. A lot of those people, they don't even know why they're out there, you know? Don't let the world around you squeeze you into its mold, but let God remold your mind from within so that you may prove in practice that the plan of God is good, meets all of His demands, and moves towards the goal of true maturity. Say it with me. God has a plan for my life. And it's a good plan. It's a perfect plan. And I'm going to pursue it. Hallelujah. He's got a plan for your life, baby. And it's all up to you what it is that you want to do to make it happen. Now, you'll have some fights. The devil fights people. You know, but thank God he's a defeated foe. You just got to put him in his place. You have to resist the devil. And the Bible says he'll go somewhere else. Woo, glory to God. And you can be free. And you can have joy. And you can have peace. Woo! Glory to God. You know, I'm doing better preaching. You're doing amen. And I mean, you can, I mean, flat out take off on a run and be all right with me. Hallelujah. Because it's true. I said it's true. Glory to God forevermore. And not only that, praise God, there's such great blessing when we obey Him. So the Bible teaches us to stop thinking like the world and start thinking like God does. You know, God doesn't think like you and me. Huh? Not even close. For example, you know, when talking about renewing your mind, there's a couple of scriptures I'll refer to. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 9, it says, Don't lie to one another. Now, if you're a child of God and you're lying, stop it. Well, you know, it's just a little white lie. I, they ain't no colored lies. A lie is a lie. And people lie for advantage. Or to cover up, or whatever the case might be. So again, in Colossians 3.9, it says, Do not lie to one another, since you've put off the old man with his deeds, at least we hope you have, and have put on the new man, now notice, who is renewed in knowledge. So the way you get your thinking changed is through the Bible. Renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created you. Hallelujah. You know, I'm a new creation. I'm a brand new man. Old things have passed away. I'm born again. More than a conqueror. That's who I am. I'm a new creation. I'm a brand new man. Woo! You've got three songs out of this service today. That's pretty good. 
Tom Jones, and eh, not so good. But you know what I'm saying. You are a new creation. The Bible says if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, creation. Old things have passed away. You know, when, you're, when your ugly flesh rises up, you just say, that man died in Jesus' name. Shut up! If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Woo! And all of it is from God. He did it all. He made it possible. And he wants us to live it out. Hallelujah. He has done what needs to be done so that you can have success as a believer, as a child of God, as obeying him and what it is he wants you to do. Can you shout amen? amen? He's given you everything that you need. Glory to God. Another verse of scripture in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22. It says that you put off. Everybody say put off. Concerning your former conduct. The old man which grows corrupt according to its deceitful lusts. And be renewed. Everybody say renewed. In the spirit of your mind. In other words, your attitude. Change your attitude. Well, I just can't do it. Yes, you can. 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 Well, I don't feel like it. Stop going by the way you feel. Feelings are fickle. They change you know, I mean, from nit to nit. You know what I'm saying? Hallelujah. You know, just like yesterday afternoon, man, I hit a wall. You ever done that before? Get done eating lunch, and you know, all that's got to be digested. And it's like, oh, oh, oh. It's kind of like, do we have to go? We have to do whatever. Drink some caffeine. That'll help you. Hallelujah. Or what are, what's some things, some fizzle things you drink? Fizz sticks? How many of you are into fizz sticks? Dude, I'm telling you what, those things will give you a boost. <laughs> Giddy up. Hallelujah. Well, what's my point? Well, your body can say a lot of different things to you, but I can tell you this much about it. It can change in a moment. Are you with me? So we're not to allow our bodies to dominate us. And that happens not only in, you know, the way that we feel about this, that, or the other and doing, but it also is true with our speech. Don't let your body control you or your carnal mind, you know. Are you listening to me? Get it renewed to the Word of God. Find out how you're supposed to live and do it that way, and you'll be blessed. Glory to God. So it says here, be renewed in the spirit of your mind, verse 23, verse 24, and that you put on the new man. Everybody say new man. Amen. Which, is, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. So... If you're going to be Christ-like, it's going to require you to change the way you think. And some of that's not easy. I think we've, we finished last week with the idea that, you know, a lot of people, they got strongholds in their lives, but don't you forever a moment ever think that the power of God is incapable of being able to break that thing in Jesus' name and make you whole. 1 First, uh, First Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. One of those Corinthians, chapter 10, verse 3 says, even though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal or fleshly, but they are mighty through God to pull down strongholds. Everybody say strongholds. strongholds. You know, sometimes you guys, I mean, we've grown up in environments and things, and we just don't know any other way to think than the way we've thought. 
And all of a sudden, we're introduced to the king. And he says, I don't want you to think like that anymore. I've got better plans for you than that. I want you to change the way you think. And you say, yes, but I thought this way for so long. I can't, you know, self-esteem. We talked about that last week, you know, where sometimes men and women, primarily probably women, you know, where they have um, insecurity issues or self-esteem issues and things like The devil's told them that they don't look as pretty as this. You're never going to keep up with the magazines that have been airbrushed. Okay? You know, and I mean, you know, it's just hideous. You know, sometimes the, the, the uh, tyranny and the slavery of the world. You know, the Bible says you're the workmanship of God created in Christ Jesus unto good works. I tell you, God don't make no junk. You're okay. You just need to start knowing it. Are you with me? But those are the things that bind people. And then they live under the, 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 the weight of that and the tyranny of it. It's a stronghold. And God wants to set you free from it. Amen? Some of you, you know, I mean, we, we grow up in these dysfunctional. I was just talking to the Optimist Club uh, there in Trainer, and uh, uh, I was invited to come, and I, I thought to myself, well, what? I'm a preacher, dude. What do you want me to talk about? You know, and they said, well, you can talk about your church and, you know, talk about this storage building you're building and what, you know, whatever. I said, okay. So I talked to them, you know, and I talked about the dysfunction of our family. You know, we weren't a broken family. Like many of you, you've probably come from broken families. And uh, it's so to be regretted. But I'm telling you, right now, Jesus will redeem. And for many of you, he has. And thank God for that. Ours wasn't broken, but it was super dysfunctional. Because alcohol was such a, a, a real part of the way that we lived. And I've said this before, but, you know, when my dad was 59 years old, he died of cirrhosis of the liver. And my, not my wife then, but my wife now, we had the privilege of going into that hospital room and leading my dad to the Lord two days. You talk about the mercy of God. Was it two days that he passed? I don't know, it wasn't very long. We led him to Jesus. And um, couldn't, he couldn't talk because he was jaundiced and all kinds of problems and things like that. But he, he still had his mind. So I could talk to him by having him squeeze my hand. And I told him the whole plan of salvation. I said, Dad, listen, God loves you, and he will forgive you if you will ask him to do so and to come into your heart and be the Lord of your life. And I said, if that's something that you want to do, if you want to pray with me right now, he said, I said, um, just squeeze my hand. They like to broke my hand off. You know, when you get down to death's door and hell is staring you in the face, things look a lot different. And I'm telling you what, you guys, there's a lot of folk that that is exactly what it is that they're looking at. The Bible says hell is moved to meet you at your coming. You don't want to go to hell. Trust me. People say, well, I don't believe in hell. That is a pretty expensive gamble. Are you with me? Well, I let him the Lord. Praise God for that. Amen. But it, it disrupted our family, you know. And the thing about it is, and I'll say this to you because I think it's important, is, is that, you know, when you look down your nose at somebody else, you know what I mean by that phrase? Because they don't live like you and, you know, they're whatever. Um, always remember that sometimes they don't know any better. You know, I didn't know any better. And people that look down their nose at me, I live right next to the church, come on. And we're not living up to the church standard, trust me, okay? 
you know. The pastor of that church, he didn't like me and I didn't like him. You know, bless his heart. Bless my heart. I was ornery. I mean, real ornery. More ornery than you even have an idea about, Mary. But anyway, uh, where was I in that <laughs> line of thinking? Oh, so, you know, be careful about judging other people where they are. Because a lot of times they don't know any different. I didn't know any different. I thought this, when you grow up in an alcoholic environment, that's all you know. Okay, that's, that's how you live. You just say, well, this is the way we do life. You know, we try to get happy, then we get mad, and then we fight, and we do all this, you know, and we start all over again, and we don't have any money because we spend it on the alcohol. Yeah. I remember, you know, when we lived in this little house, we had this little hallway, you know, coming in on the back door there, you know, and there was a little closet. My dad made sure that there was at least a stack this high of cases of beer in there. We were never going to be without. And when he'd go to Canada and he'd go fishing, there was some kind of beer he liked. And so he'd haul back this, you know, like he might as well have got a U-Haul or something, you know. I don't know what kind it was, you know, but it's supposed to be so good, you know. Pretty big cost. And maybe it's not alcohol. Maybe it's drugs. Maybe it's who God only knows what. But the stuff kills, steals, and destroys. And that's why I'm so adamantly opposed to it. You know, and, and when I see sipping saints, oops. You know, little here, little there. Well, I can, my, I'm okay. I can control it. I can whatever. Be careful. Because when you say that, what you don't know is you're believing a lie. Well, are you going to go out and get goats drinking drunk? Well, maybe not. But you know what? The Bible says that we're to avoid all appearance of evil. Are you listening to me? And most of the time, when alcohol is involved, it's not good. Okay? You say, do you really mean that? Oh, yeah. Did you want to say that? Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. Glorify God in how you live. Amen. Woo! Guess what? It'll soon be over. Hallelujah. Some things become a trap to people when we compromise. So don't do it. This couple right here, they came to our church, well, it's probably been, what, 18 months ago? Something like that. Yeah. And the Bellers had uh, problems with alcohol, especially, well, both of them, but mainly uh, him. And it was destroying his life. Came into the church, got turned on to the Word of God, and he's trying to get loose of it you know and his heart is broken because he's bound by it and so we just kept ministering to him and things like that you know and and he needed a job well he finally got a job working for uh, swifta whatever that you know uh thing is and by golly if he didn't go out and start drinking and get picked up for dwi well guess what you're not going to keep driving for Swifta if you got a DWI. And he lost his job. See how hideous it is? How hell destroys people's lives. Are you listening to me? So now we're, we're back to square one. we got to start all over again. But I tell you what, we just encourage you to listen. It's going to be okay, praise God. It's going to be all right. Hallelujah. Let's just pick up the pieces and get to going again. 
And I hope you don't mind if I use you as an example, but I'm going to do it anyway. Hallelujah. <clears throat> but here he is now, 13. One year this October? Oh, well, hallelujah. Glory to God. Next week, woo! We can celebrate. Why? Because it's lost its hold over them. Glory to God. Woo! So the power of God in your will can do a lot if you choose. Hallelujah. Well, I'm going to stop being mad all the time. <laughs> Good. All the rest of us will rejoice. Amen. So, you know, I mean, think about it for a minute. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, if we're going to be like him, we need to change the way we think. How many of you glad you came this morning? Amen. Praise God. You know, I, I shared this scripture in Isaiah chapter 55 last week. Let's go look at it real quick. We got a little bit of time here. Hallelujah. We've only been at this an hour and 15 minutes, and you know, the band, or band, the, this, the worship team, they took up a lot of time. <laughs> so, Isaiah 55, verse 6, Seek the Lord while he may be found, call upon him while he's near. Let the wicked forsake. Everybody say forsake. forsake. Yeah, let the wicked forsake. Let the wicked forsake. I said let the wicked forsake. You choose. Hallelujah. Don't abdicate responsibility. God has made you a free moral agent. You choose. Are you with me? My brother, I've told the story before. You know, I was talking to him about getting saved. And he says, well, I just believe that if God wants me to be saved, he will. And if he doesn't want to save me, I won't. I'll probably end up in hell. And I just said, well, dude, if you've got that kind of attitude, you're going to hell. And he was not excited about that response. But you know what? He found his place in a place of repentance and gave his heart to Jesus Christ. Now he's saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. Your, 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 your life is not up to fate. So don't leave it in the hands of fate. You know, people have this fate comes from a fatalistic. Well, you know, I guess that's just the way it was supposed to be. That is not true. People make choices, and they impact their lives. You know, you'll hear people all the time. They'll say, well, you know, it's appointed unto man once to die, and after that, the judgment. So, you know, we're all going to die sometime, so if I guess if my time is up, then I must be just, that's the end of it all. That's a lie, too. Yes, there is an appointment in which all of us must die, but you can control whether it's later or sooner. Thanks for your excitement. You know, when you read the book of Proverbs, it says those that are wicked and wayward, they die prematurely. You say, well, I know a person, and they were a really good person, and they died. Does that mean they were wicked? No. But that's, you know, that's what people's brains do. But I do know that there are those that I grew up with, and they're all dead. I mean, some of my very closest friends are all gone. And I, probably, I would have been one of them, all right? Because that was the way I was, that's the way I lived. But thank God Jesus came and rescued me. And by golly, I've made it to 64. 
So, you know, see, twice that is 220 or 128. I got a ways to go. So anyway, um, <clears throat> but, you know, you're reading the scriptures in the book of Proverbs, people that don't obey God, they don't live long. But people that do obey, he said, with long life will I satisfy you and show you my salvation. Okay? You say, well, yeah, well, then what about these people that died prematurely? I don't know. Ask Jesus. Take it up with him. Okay? I just know what he said. And I know that your appointment with, with physical death can certainly be impacted by what you choose. Is that good enough? Does that work? How many of you believe me? How many of you don't believe me? I mean, you don't know what you believe. Come on. <laughs> well, he said here, seek the Lord and let the, forsa- uh, let the wicked forsake his way, the unrighteous man, his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. Thank you, Jesus. For my thoughts are not your thoughts and my way, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. As the heavens are higher than yours, so are my ways higher than yours. Um, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain comes down from heaven and the, and the snow from heaven and returns not thither, but waters the earth and makes it to bring forth in bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It will not return to me void. It shall accomplish that which I please and it will prosper in the thing wherein two I send it. How many of you know when God speaks, that's what happens? Huh? He said, my word is like the rain that comes down from heaven and causes things to bring forth in bud. There's fruitfulness in God's word. Amen? So let's be receivers of all that God has to say within his word because in that there is blessing. Does that make sense to you? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So he said, my thoughts aren't, aren't like yours. I'm, I'm coming to a close. I'm going to toot my horn, you know, my train horn once. A good train always honks three times before it stops. This is one, okay? <clears throat> maybe, maybe it's two, I don't know. My thoughts are not yours. <laughs> I, I make reference to Kate McVeigh. She went into a prison. And she's in there with about 300 prison mates. And she's in there, this young girl. And how she got in there, God only knows. But she's preaching. She's an evangelist by her gifting. And she's in there, and she preaches a message. She didn't even, you know, anticipate, you know, I mean, she had a plan for what it is that she was going to share. Before it was over with, she's preaching to all these, uh, you know, men that are in this thing. And she preached a message entitled, God is smart and you are dumb. Well, you know, that's, that's pretty harsh and whatever, but the reality is, is when she got done, man, she had guys weeping, crying on their knees at the altar and got saved and give their heart to Jesus. Because the reality is, he is smart, and we aren't that bright. Are you with me? I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say it that way, but it worked, you know? It's something only she could say you know, in that context. So, and, and I've said this, I, I may have said it last week, I don't really remember. There are a lot of things I said last week that wasn't really planning on saying, but, but you know, God never has a thought of fear. There, there, he has no thought of being afraid. He said, my thoughts aren't like yours. I don't think like you do, you know. He never has a thought of doubt. 
You know, he, ha- he never has a thought of weakness. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this or not. Uh. He, never, he never has a thought like that. You know, when we read the Scriptures, the Bible says we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. But a lot of times when it comes to the, you know, affairs of life and just dealing with whatever, a lot of times you say, well, I can't do that. I can't change my life. I can't this. I can't that. Those are not thoughts that God has. He wants us to take His thoughts, doesn't He? That if we have a problem in our life, we can do all things through Christ. That ought to be our, our confession, our statement of faith. I can do all things through Christ. Who's strength? I can't do them in my own, but I can do them through Him. Are you with me? He never has a thought of, you know, not having enough. <laughs> Any of you have ever had a thought of not having enough? Absolutely. Of course, all of us have. Don't, don't, don't sit there staring at me like that. I know better. Huh? He never has a thought of not having enough. I mean, his own name is he's the God of more than enough. Al Shaddai. So he never thinks about deficiency or lack. Never has a thought. Hallelujah. When Jesus was with his disciples and they got in a boat, they forgot to take bread. He said, For, don't, and Jesus said to them, beware of the doctrine, or he said, leaven of the Pharisees and of Herod. Interesting. He's saying, be careful of what the religious church is saying and be careful about the politics and the politicians and what they're saying. Isn't that interesting? Why? Because most, everybody say most. most, not all, most politicians are liars. Woo, can you say that? I already have, because it's true. Not all of them, but so many of them, they grease the wheels for their own advantage and whatever it is that they can derive or their constituents. I mean, you know, come on. There's no integrity within their mouths. Are you with me? So God wants us to have integrity, doesn't he? Yeah, amen. So anyway, where was I before I got, uh, yeah, not enough. (laughs) God that's more than enough. Hallelujah. So there's no deficiency with him. And there should be no thought of deficiency with you. Why? Because he said, I will supply your every need according to my riches and glory. Oh, I was talking about the disciples. They got in that boat in the leaven. Remember that? Yeah. So they're in this boat. And he said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and, the, and, the, and, and Herod. And they said, and they reasoned. They said, oh, man, it's because we forgot to get the bread, man. You know, we're going to get over there. We ain't going to have nothing to eat. You know, well, he realized what they were saying. He says, dude, what is wrong with you? There was an expectation that he had of them. He says, he, he asked him, he said, you know, when we fed the 5,000, how many baskets did you take up? And they said, well, about 12. They said, how about the 4,000 that we fed? He said, well, seven. He says, why are you worried about what you're going to eat? How is it that you don't understand? So in other words, what he's saying is, is I want you to think differently, you know, God will supply your every need, not greed, according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now, you've got to be a good steward, don't you? And that's a whole other subject we don't want to get into, and I can tell you're tired already. <laughs> I could preach for a long time. Amen. You know, we used to have churches, we used to have church for like two and a half hours. It was awesome. 
We'd sing for a long time, preach forever. People would ask us, what in the world do you do for two and a half hours at church? So foreign to them. Why? Because they're used to a 10-minute social gospel, and you better be done because, by golly, I'm watching my watch. We're going home. Hallelujah. They wouldn't let the Holy Ghost move if he showed up in person. Why? Because we're on a schedule. You know? God help us to get delivered from clocks. Well, I'm going to stop because I need to. Praise God. Hallelujah. Woo! Say, wow. You just going to unplug there? Yeah. Got to. It's 1110. If I'm not done in five minutes, people are going to You know? I don't know if that's all we give you. We used to have two-hour services, and then we cut it down to, you know, an hour and a half trying to get everybody happy. Well, anyway. There's, listen, there isn't enough of the saturation of the Word going into your lives. Your life. I'm talking about, you've you got to get it some other way, you guys. I'm telling you, you've got to change the way that you ingest. That's why we have small groups. That's why we do all of these conferences and things like that. We're not, we don't invite people to come in here because we're looking for something to do. Dude, we want them to shovel off the whole load for you so that you can grow. And, and the thing about it is, is that, think of it this way, you know, you can, I, I can get my wife, I can be out, you know, working all day, sweaty, dirty, whatever. And I say, hey, honey, can you get that squirt gun out of the garage and come out here and give me a shower, bath? You know? And she'd go out there and... <laughs> guess what? We're going to be there a long time. Huh? Or I can get under the shower head. Huh? Are you with me? Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. So I'm just saying that you're not going to get it on a Sunday morning sermonette, you know. You, you got you to put it into your life somehow. That's why we have our small groups. Have some, have some of you already attended your small group? Huh? Go to them. Well, aren't you afraid of the corona? I haven't been afraid of corona since the whole thing showed up. Man, I've been inoculated by the blood of Jesus. Yeah, but I know somebody. I tell you, they got, they got, the, they got the corona. So what? We're believers. Aren't we? What do we believe? Because he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, He is my... And He will deliver me from every ungodly pestilence that exists on this planet. They just come out with new statistics. And people that are 50 years of age and under, 99.97% of them survive and turn around. They've also discovered this with some British outfit that did whatever. Of the 200,000 people they say that died in the U.S., 30% of them, it wasn't because of corona. And I'm going to guess it's higher than that. You say, you really want to say this? Yes, I do. 
praise God, tear down the fences, tear down the walls, and get to going. Even amongst 70-year-olds and up, the, uh, uh, the surviving rate on that group of people is 94.6%. 50% of them that have passed are in nursing homes. Why is it, do you think, that governments all over the world have locked their countries down? Because it's about control. Since when? When? I mean, when? You know, if somebody is contagious, we quarantine them. Now, I understand they didn't know what they were dealing with and all of that. I get it on the front end. But, dude, this thing has been uh, uh, politicized and weaponized against you. Now, a lot of folk ain't going to like that. I don't really care. But I'm not going to put, be put in their box. And you shouldn't either. Are you listening to me? Say, well, we just don't believe like that. Okay, that's all right. It's okay. But don't be putting me in your box. Are you, li- are you listening? You say, well, that's not very popular. Listen, if you're going to be a child of God and you're going to live for Him, you're probably not going to be popular. That's not about popularity. You say, yes, but you know, it, it, then this is the other argument. You know, they say, well, you know, you're jeopardizing everyone else's lives. Well, if someone feels as though they're in jeopardy, then contain or can, you know, control your, or I mean, get out of the environment. No, no. We want you to go live in your house and do nothing. Well, guess what? We're done with that. Well, a lot of you are nodding, some of you are not sure, and that's all good. You can do whatever you want with it. But I'm telling you what, praise God, we're washed in the blood. And I'm going to have confidence in what it is that he said. You said, aren't you afraid you're going to get to Corona? Dude, I am not going to get to Corona in the name of Jesus. You say, really? Really? Why? Because I believe, praise God, that I'm redeemed from sickness, disease, and infirmity. And I tell you what, even if it shows up, I ain't receiving it. Because it's not mine. Hallelujah. So what's that mean? You can all crawl out from underneath your rocks. Glory to God, we can start living life. Doing life. I'm going longer than I should, Jeff. But I got to say these things. There is an intent to destroy our country with this people in small businesses are suffering tremendously hanging on by a thread some of them they're gone in a mainline denominational pentecostal church they said by january of 21 there'll be uh 20 one-fifth of the churches will never open up again it's from hell i said it's from hell get a clue it's all from hell and we're to resist hell are you listening to me? Well, I could go on, but you probably have already read all this. You probably know that, don't you, Jeff? Do you know all? No. No, he didn't know that. Well, well anyway, y'all glad you came? Yes. Everybody say it. Greater is he, Greater is he that's, in that's in me than he that's in the world. In the I, can I can do all things through Christ, through Christ. who strengthens me. 
Because the greater one's in me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'd like for you just to stand with me for a moment, change your position. Then I'd like for you just to bow your heads with me for just one moment. We want to give people an opportunity here to make a decision or uh, a commitment. I mean, you know, uh, if we're going to challenge you, then we ought to give you an opportunity to to do some things here. So just bow your heads with me for a moment. Uh, Today, um, really by the Holy Spirit, God is challenging a few of you that have thought, well, I just can't change or, you know, uh, I don't have the ability or whatever. And I think that you've learned from what we've talked about here that you really do. So if, if in fact you've come to recognize that within your life and there are certain areas within your life that you know that that need changing. Now, yes, I understand it may take some effort on your part. It may take some work. But I tell you what, do it for him. I mean, praise God, put your best foot forward for him and ask him to help you. And he will. So if there are things in your life that you know are displeasing to him and you want to get that changed here this morning, just raise your hand wherever you're, you're standing and we're going to pray with you. We'll pray in, in general. I mean, in mass. Anybody at all? Praise God. Thank you, sir. Anybody else? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. God bless you. Anybody else? Yeah, good. Good. Glory to God. Church, together, let's pray for with these that have raised their hand in response to this. Say this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for what it is that you have done to make me free. And today I come to receive that freedom in my life in Jesus name father I repent of missing it of doing wrong and allowing sin to control my life but today I'm here and I ask you to help me and I want to thank you right now because of what you've done in me to make me who I am and I declare that I will never have problems with what it is that has once controlled me in the name of Jesus. Now, Father, I'm asking you right now in Jesus' name to empower them. Father, show them what they need to do, things that need to be eradicated, things that need to be taken out of their lives. Father God, I thank you, Father, for causing them to close every door, Father, that would hinder them in the things, Father, that you have for them. And Father, I thank you for the empowerment of the Spirit of God. Glory to God to give them victory, just like so many others have experienced. And Father, we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Now, while your heads are bowed, eyes are closed, no one's looking around. If you're here today, and I don't know, but if you're here and you've never asked Christ to come into your heart, and you'd say by your uplifted hand, Pastor, would you pray for me because I want to know him. Maybe you've never made that decision or that commitment. If you are here and you want to, just raise your hand up wherever you're at. Let me pray with you. Anyone at all before we we go on? Anyone at all? Okay. We never ever want to take anything for granted. It looks like we're pretty much amongst our own. So praise God. Okay. You can all look up here and you can be seated if you'd like. And then uh, we're going to receive our morning offering.